This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Canary. Thanks for joining us. Florida has been the winter strawberry capital of the United States for more than 100 years. It all began with entrepreneur and railroad magnate Henry Plant, who settled Plant City near Tampa and constructed a rail line to link the region to Tampa, about 23 miles away, so local farmers could develop a market for their winter strawberry crops. The annual strawberry festival in Plant City dates back to 1930 and has been running continuously since then except for a break during World War II. And the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences, or IFAS, has been developing new strawberry varieties for farmers since the late 1940s. The luscious red berries we find at the store today are quite different than what would have been grown in the early days, and that's a direct result of decades of careful breeding programs to bring out the best in the fruit. Strawberry harvest season runs here in Florida from December through April and these days Florida farmers grow strawberries on about 12,000 acres and generate more than $300 million in crops each year. To learn about the science behind breeding strawberries and to get some insights into this long-running agriculture industry in the Sunshine State, I spoke last week with the person who currently leads the strawberry breeding and genetics program for UF-IFAS. Let's hear that conversation now. Dr. Vance Whitaker leads the Strawberry Breeding and Genetics Program at the University of Florida IFAS Gulf Coast Research and Education Center in Wamama in Hillsborough County. Dr. Whitaker, welcome back to Gulf Coast Life. Thank you for having me. So before we get into the work you do and the strawberry industry here in Florida, um, did Hurricane Ian at all impact this year's strawberry crop? I don't think you could say it impacted the crop very much. It impacted the growers uh, in terms of they had a lot of plants coming to them from nurseries that were on the road um, that, that got delayed a few days. So it made their planting period a little more difficult. But in the end, all the strawberries got planted in a, at a good time. And they're out there yielding right now and providing us with good fruit. Are the nurseries that provide the little seedlings that they use uh, here in Florida or are they elsewhere? None of the nurseries are in Florida. So uh, the plants, you can think of them as snowbirds. Uh, they spend their summers uh, generally in much cooler climates, and then they travel down to Florida in the winter uh, to enjoy the sunshine. So most of those nurseries are in southern Canada, some are in the mountains, Appalachian Mountains, some are in northern California, basically cooler, drier uh, areas where it, it's easier to grow plants in the summertime. Interesting. Um, we just had a couple of cold snaps. Um, was it cold enough to do any damage to the strawberry crop or is that not cold enough? No, it was not cold enough to do any real damage to the strawberry crop. Uh, the growers had to use overhead water to freeze protect on at least two occasions. But uh, thankfully, the, the temperatures would have had to get down into something like the mid-20s and, and perhaps be much more windy to really actually create damage in the crop. Um, temperatures of, of 28, 29 and above uh, without a great deal of wind, um, it's not too difficult to freeze protect under those conditions. So the, the strawberries came through it very well. Gotcha. So uh, just describe sort of for our radio listeners, when are strawberries primarily grown here in Florida? Like when do they start, when do they put those seedlings in the ground and, and when does the harvesting start and, and how long does the harvesting go? So most of the transplants go in the ground uh, in early October. And they're beginning to fruit by the middle of November. Uh, and essentially, you can think of the fruiting season as basically going between the beginning of December and sometime in April. So December to April is, is our season. 
Gotcha. And they are primarily or, or exclusively grown there in and around Plant City in Hillsborough County? Well, I would say about 95% of the strawberry acreage in Florida is in the Tampa Bay area. Most of it in Hillsborough County, some down south into Manatee County as well. And that's not by accident, right? I was reading up on it, and it's and it has to do with the conditions there in terms of climate and and things like that, right? That's right. the The Tampa Bay area and Central Florida is kind of a sweet spot for strawberries. Farther south, it's quite hot in the fall during the planting period, which I mentioned was late September, early October. But it's also not so far north that the freezes are worse and more prolonged. So it's kind of a sweet spot in the middle where the planting period is relatively cooler than farther south, and there are fewer freezes than there are farther north. So uh, would it be fair to say that if you bought strawberries during the winter months on the east side of the United States, there's a pretty good chance they came from farms here in Florida? That's exactly right. And in, in some seasons, like the current one, where there's a lot of rain in uh, California, which there has been lately, people have probably been seeing all of that rain on the news. And that means that there's a lot fewer fruit coming from California right now. Uh, and so Florida has a little bit of a corner on the market at the moment. Uh, this is strawberry season. And I mentioned I was going to be talking to you. And one of my coworkers said that she was going to buy strawberries at Publix and they were, they were pretty expensive. They were a little more expensive than she expected. Is that, um, did inflation, I guess is the question, has inflation increased the cost of strawberries or is it we're not quite into season enough for the prices to have come down? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, there's certainly a little bit of inflation in food prices that's impacting um, the cost of the fruit. But I think right now, it's mostly the fact that there's just such low supply on the market. California has had all the rains. Here in Florida, we've had unusually colder, wet weather than we have uh, in most of recent seasons up until now. And that's reduced the supply of strawberries from Florida a little bit as well. So I think it's it's mostly just the low supply relative to the high demand that's there for for strawberries. Um, who, uh, you know, elsewhere outside of the United States are the biggest competitors and, you know, and are they able to import them um, in a way to be a actual competition? Um, there's one main competitor for, for strawberries with Florida and that's uh, Mexico, uh, primarily central Mexico. Uh, Mexico, of course, sends lots of different kinds of seasonal produce um, across the border, particularly in the wintertime. And so that's the main competitor. Uh, in recent years, you know, there's been so much demand uh, for strawberries uh, since COVID. Uh, people ate a lot of strawberries during COVID and they're continuing to eat a lot of strawberries. And I think that's helped the market a little bit for Florida growers. But Mexico is and will remain a major uh, a competitor and concern for Florida. Where are strawberries grown during the summer months? Are they grown up north? I mean, is that like during, because we can't grow them here in the summer. It's probably just too warm and wet. But are they grown grown up north or even as far as Canada or something? That, that's right. So strawberries are, it, it is too warm and wet here in the summer to grow strawberries. And so uh, really the rest of the United States starts producing later in the spring and into the summer. Most of this, the, the, the mid-Atlantic or even northern states can produce strawberries in May and June and maybe even into July. California is the biggest producer in the middle of the summer. 
uh, in the central uh, coast growing regions like around uh, Santa Maria and Watsonville, Salinas area. There's a lot of strawberries out there. Um, and so that's the big player on the market in the summer. Um, we also can get some uh, uh, spring, summer and fall uh, strawberries from southern Canada, whether that be in open fields or some greenhouse operations. So there's a little bit coming from Canada in the summer as well. So your work there focuses on creating new strawberry varieties. Can you explain the mechanics and the biology behind that work? Yes. So um, in developing strawberry varieties, we use a process that we call selective breeding. It's been used for millennia where people see a better uh, version of a fruit or some kind of food plant and they select that and they, they propagate it. Uh, and here we just do it in a very uh, directed and specific way. We make crosses between strawberries by moving pollen from one parent to the flower of the other parent. All of those resulting seedlings from that cross will all be just a little bit different. Um, and we select the best ones. And then those become the parents in the next generation. So this is very iterative process where we keep making crosses, finding the best parents, um, and ultimately just a very small percentage of those seedlings will be good enough to become a variety. But that's the process that we call selective breeding. And, and this has been going on um, there with, you know, at IFAS, as I understand it, for like 75 years. Um, do you, these days, now that you have the tools, do you genetically test these new crosses to, you know, the ones that show promise to determine like what happened at the genetic level during that cross process? We do. Um, as you said, strawberry breeding has been going on a long time in Florida. The first Florida variety was released in 1952. It was called Florida 90. And um, if you were to look at that strawberry today, it'd be very small, a little bit sour, and nothing like the strawberries that you see today. And that almost 80-year history is an example of what selective breeding can do over time. But, but yes, um, we can track uh, genes uh, during the breeding process. So if we understand a gene um, and what it does and how that's involved in something that we're interested in the strawberry, like a sweet flavor or a resistance to a disease. Essentially what we do is we can take a small leaf sample of new seedlings and we can test to see whether it has the version of the gene that we're looking for. And if it doesn't, we can eliminate it early in the process. And when we go to the field, we only move to the field evaluation, those that are most likely to have the genes that we're interested in. It's a little bit like stacking a deck of cards. You remove the ones that you don't want and keep the higher value ones. Hmm. We're talking strawberries in the sunshine state on today's show. I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce my guest. Dr. Vance Whitaker leads the strawberry breeding and genetics program at the University of Florida IFAS Gulf Coast Research and Education Center. Strawberry season is underway, so we're getting the latest on the science behind Florida's strawberry crops. If you'd like to engage with the show about today's topic or any of our episodes, just use WGCU social media. We're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. How many varieties has UF IFAS come up with over the years? Or is that even a, is that a number that you don't even know off the top of your head? Well, it's, it's more than a dozen varieties since 1952. Um, the initial progress was, was fairly slow. Uh, even up into the 1980s, uh, most of the 
strawberries grown in Florida were from California varieties. Uh, the California breeding programs had been going much longer uh, than they had in Florida. Today, uh, about all of the strawberries grown in Florida were bred here. Uh, and uh, currently we have three main varieties in the industry. They're called Brilliance, Sensation, and Medallion. And basically the strawberries that you get at the grocery store are gonna be one, most of them will be one of those three different varieties. Are those varieties grown in California at all? Um, those particular varieties are not grown much in California. Um, they're, they're very specifically adapted to the, the environment and the market needs that we have here in Florida. And there's not as much overlap of varieties in Florida and California as they, there used to be. And that's, I think, an example, again, of selective breeding is that breeders in each of those locations have adapted the varieties over time to perform better and better within those specific environments. And so over time, the varieties became less adapted to the other environment. When was the last time a new variety made it to market um, here in Florida? Well, the, the most recent one was one that I just mentioned. It's called Florida Medallion. Uh, Medallion was first commercial during the last season, and this year is its second season in commerce. So it was an, initially we only had enough uh, planting stock for about 250 acres. And this year we have about 1,250 acres. So still, um, you know, only about 10% of the market, but a significant jump from the commercial introduction. And Medallion is, uh, has just a, a beautiful conical shape and it just has a, a very intense fruity flavor. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's my favorite strawberry to eat now. Flavor is one of the most important traits that we work on. And we feel like with Medallion, we really took a step forward with uh, just the overall quality and flavor of the fruit. What can you tell us about the, the white strawberries? Well, uh, what we, we did some years ago was to get some seed of white strawberries from Japan. And we were able to cross that with a regular red Florida strawberry. And essentially what we were able to do was to combine that white color. So they have a white, completely white internal color and a white color on the outside that gets a little bit of a pink blush when it's ripe. And the seeds are red. So the flesh is white with red seeds. So it's kind of appears as if it's a strawberry in reverse in terms of the colors. Um, but essentially what we did is combine that color with the other traits like the disease resistance and the yield and the other things that a strawberry needs to, to have in order to be commercially grown in Florida. And we combine those together into a variety called Pearl. Um, and that's been on the market just a couple years now, but it's increasing in popularity. And these white strawberries are called pineberries uh, in the grocery store. And you can find them under multiple different labels like Berry de Blanc and Pinkaboo. But those are all those different labels. Those are all one variety that was released from here just a few years ago. Uh, when we talked to you on the show about five years ago, you talked about doing some test marketing with trademarked varieties or sort of letting consumers know what kind of you know, what variety of strawberry they were choosing because maybe they'd build like brand loyalty or something like that. Did you continue down that road? And, and is there anything you can tell us about that attempt to do that? So uh, in the end, it turned out that trying to brand uh, strawberries by variety at the grocery store level uh, 
uh, is challenging. So people are used to that for things like apples, right? So you can get your honey crisp apple or your pink lady apple, for example. Um, but with strawberries, that's been a little bit more difficult to do. And it turns out that really the, the, the best thing to do is let the, the strawberry uh, growers and shippers themselves really figure out how they want to label that. And Pinkaboo and Barry de Blanc, for example, and other labels are kind of an example of that, where they're aiming at slightly different uh, audiences and slightly different retail stores, but that's what works for their company. So we do trademark the name. So Pearl is a trademark named variety. And that's just considered sort of the trade name of the variety. It's called Florida Pearl. But then the growers and the shippers, um, they can send those fruit to Publix or Whole Foods or wherever they go to under whatever label they prefer. Uh, and, that, and, and just basically use um, whatever marketing works best for them. I will say, now that I think about it, um, when I'm shopping for strawberries at Publix, I might look to see whether they were grown in Florida, because I would like to support Florida farmers. But I don't even read the labels. I just look at the berries inside the plastic and choose the one that looks best, even though there might be three that are the exact same price with different labels on them. So I think that resonates with what you were just describing the challenges. That's right. And I, and I think flexibility like that helps the, the grower to provide people with um, a good steady supply of just the best quality berries, because sometimes they need to mix and match varieties at different times of the season to provide the best quality. And so having the ability to sort of mix and match and, and, and do that, I think, ultimately helps the consumer with a crop like strawberries. Every crop is different. Apples are not strawberries and oranges are not apples, right? So each one is going to have a, a system that tends to work best. Is it possible to grow strawberries at home here in Florida? I think the answer is it's pretty hard, but please explain. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit challenging, but if you plant in the fall, and grow them over the winter like the commercial growers do, that's the best chance that you have. Uh, the, the challenge is that finding varieties um, that work well in Florida, like the ones that were released from the University of Florida, um, is difficult because they're not typically going to be at your local box store or garden center. You, you can sometimes find those varieties locally in Plant City uh, but it's not super easy to do that. And so you, you basically first off have to have the right variety and plant it at the right time if you're going to give yourself a chance to grow strawberries at home. Um, and that can be a little bit difficult. Uh, sometimes in, in October, you can find our varieties at the Parksdale Farm Market in Plant City. That's a place that's pretty famous for its uh, milkshakes and strawberry shortcakes and things like that. They'll often sell plants. Um, in the fall as well. And so that's a, a place that I recommend people looking for uh, Florida strawberry variety plants. Are the people growing strawberries in Florida mostly old timers that have been, you know, farms that have been growing them for a long time? Or are there new people coming into the market here in Florida in terms of producing? Um, it's really both. Um, you know, strawberry growing is really an art. You know, when you have such a perishable fruit, that's such a unique crop and a unique location. Having that kind of generational knowledge of how to do it is really important. These, these strawberry growers are really amazing at what they do. They, they understand the crop so well. They understand the weather so well. They understand 
what it takes not only to grow that strawberry, but to actually pack it properly and ship it properly. And that general generational knowledge is very important. So many of our growers are, you know, fourth generation growers whose families have been growing strawberries for well over a hundred years. But there's also some newer companies that are that are involved that have a little less experience, but that are also uh, growing strawberries. And so it's a little bit of a mix. But I would say that in Florida, as compared to, say, California, there's much more of a family farm feel to that industry. And it's pretty cool. Is the strawberry industry in Florida growing, shrinking or pretty stable? Uh, it's growing. I would say that we were, you know, maybe a little bit above 10,000 acres about three years ago. Uh, the latest estimate I heard from the Florida Strawberry Growers Association is that we're somewhere around 12,000 acres. Um, and I think that that reflects um, the need for strawberries during the winter. Um, and just the fact that uh, consumption of strawberries has continued to rise uh, over time. That's just sort of been a steady trend in the berry category, including strawberries uh, in recent years. And so the industry's grown with that increased consumption in the U.S. Uh, last question. Do you go to the big strawberry festival in Plant City every year? Um, I do go to the strawberry festival. And of course, our strawberry varieties are, are there. Uh, one of the great things that the strawberry festival does is that they keep, you know, there's many fun things to do there, all the concerts, the rides, all the food, all of the exhibits, but they really keep strawberries front and center. They sell strawberries, they sell strawberry shortcakes and strawberry milkshakes, and our varieties are being grown there. So it's, it's always fun. Uh, and the Florida Strawberry Growers Association has a booth where they have essentially a little working farm there where they're actually growing strawberries in the field and they can educate you on how that's actually done. So it's very educational and it's very strawberry oriented. So it's just a fantastic event. All right. Well, that is all the time, but I want to thank my guest. Dr. Vance Whitaker leads the Strawberry Breeding and Genetics Program at the University of Florida IFAS Gulf Coast Research and Education Center in Wamama, which is uh, just south of Tampa. Dr. Whitaker, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. This year, the Florida Strawberry Festival in Plant City runs from Thursday, March 2nd through Sunday, March 12th. You can find links to more information about it and about the work being done at the Gulf Coast Research and Education Center on our website, wgcu.org gcl. If you missed any of the show today, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez, and our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida. <laughs>